on this week's episode of the Tide Keeps Rolling podcast, Mason, Hunter, and Clay share their thoughts on the spring game. Then, the crew talks about final thoughts before the NFL draft. The Tide Keeps Rolling on the Bama Central Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tide Eats Rolling Podcast on the Bama Central Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mason Smith, alongside Clay Miller and Hunter DeCyber. We have a lot to get through today with A-Day takeaways, with the NFL draft coming up. But honestly, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the news that broke yesterday on Monday afternoon. Jaquan Walton, a Wichita State transfer who was going to join the Alabama men's basketball program, will no longer be joining the program after being arrested with marijuana possession. There's also a report saying that there were guns involved. Um, at least in the in the vicinity of the thing. Now, Clay, I, I think I think we're all on the same page as to why you know NATO's has decided to no longer recruit him, or the program decided no longer recruit him. But just 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 to put it out there, like you know, why do you think this was the decision? I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's been a lot of circulation or bad things circulating around the program in the last year or so off the court with the Brandon Miller stuff. Uh, you know, Darius Miles' involvement. I think that had something, you know, to do with it maybe where we just don't want any more negative PR. You don't want to bring another player in who already has a bad rep. But just in general, you know, this is the offseason. Nothing was set in stone yet. Uh, and you just don't want to start someone's tenure off at the university uh, like that. So it's unfortunate from a basketball perspective just because we've talked about on this podcast, the wing spot is a need. And he brought some size to that. He brought some shooting so that's another hole now that they need to fill again is that wing spot, you know, who's going to come in with some size, be able to shoot um, and kind of take that, you know, Brandon Miller spot from last season. So, um, you know, that's the, re- you know, the reason makes sense. You don't want to start off someone on the program with, with a, you know, reputation like that, but unfortunate. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think Hunter, I think you agree with us too. We don't have to <laughs> have to waste any more energy. Yeah. We don't have to waste any more energy on it. It's just the idea, well, you know, it's unfortunate. We hate that it happened. But at the same time, it's just, ugh. We can't, it's just a bright business move for for Alabama and NATO. It's, it was just the right business move. So we understand. You know, hopefully things work out. Now that that's out the way, let's actually get into some exciting stuff that happened this past weekend, which was Alabama spring game, A-Day. Now, I'm going to call all, I'm gonna call all of Audible here, guys. I want to go the, for, with the first topic, with the, with the takeaways. And the reason I want to take this, take the first uh, crack at it is because it's something that really stuck out to me. The quarterback battle, we've been talking about it for weeks. Everybody's been talking about it for months. Okay, who's going to be the successor to Bryce Young? Is it going to be Jalen Milrow or is it going to be Ty Simpson? Now, I went into the spring game thinking, okay, for Jalen Milrow, they want to see if he's improved as a passer. For Ty Simpson, they wanted to see if he improved as, you know, in his mobility. And I went to the game thinking Jalen Milrow, you know, it's his spot to lose. He's good to go. If he shows he can, he's improved as a passer, great. And I walked away not as, you know, not as convinced that he was just a surefire successor to Bryce Young. Like, I really thought that he made some better throws at the end of the game. But those first few series and he was the quarterback, I was really, you know, not convinced. Now, Again, I think I'm glad I had a couple of days to kind of mull it over to not blow it out of proportion, to not, you know, make any hysterical hot takes. But I do believe now, especially with how Tyson showed his mobility, that excellent, like, what, 40 yard run that he busted in the game. I think the race is a whole lot tighter than I originally thought. 
you know, at coming after the spring game. Again, it's still plenty of time. It's only a spring game. There are a lot of things missing. I think the summer and fall camp, there's plenty of time for all that as well. But, you know, Clay, to kind of go back to you to start this one off, like, what did you think about my personal takeaway? I think the spring game uh, meant nothing, <laughs> if you want me to be honest. <laughs> I think it, it, it created a lot more takes that are not going to matter by the time that the season rolls around. Um, just to give my personal opinion on the two quarterbacks, I actually thought Milrow really showed us something with his arm this game. There were a lot of drops as well. Uh, I thought his deep passing, you actually go watch the highlights and the tape, and I've watched both the full game and the highlights now. Um, he had some really good deep balls, and, and I think he was the best passer in that regard. But the decision-making and the processing isn't quite there, whereas Simpson – his process and uh, processing and decision making looked a lot more like a like a you know kind of high level quarterback getting through the progressions, but the the throws weren't exactly there. He did have a good one to uh, Jermaine Burton late, so I'm going to be very interested to see which one kind of takes that lead spot, like you said. But I don't think um, you can make any two like this is what's going to happen moving forward because it, it. I think Tommy Reese said it like they did hold a lot back in the offense. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, I we both said, I think me and Hunter, that Simpson would be kind of our pick for Tommy Ree's offense. Um, and I haven't seen anything that would make me think that's not true, other than the fact that Milro, I think, has improved as a passer and he's the older guy. So I, I could go either way. And uh, I don't think the spring game really taught us much. <laughs> that's that's fair. And honestly, like you said, there were a lot of drops in the game, too, like a lot of easy drops, which is kind of worrisome for the wide receiving core, especially when it's supposed to be better than it was last year. Now, Hunter, I know you, like you said, mentioned about the whole quarterback battle. I want to hear your opinion on it. And then after you answer that, you can give us your takeaway. Sure. So regarding the quarterback battle, I think one thing I noticed with Milrow is that he passed the ball a lot. Now, when last season, whenever he was under center, you figured he was probably going to run the ball 70% of the time. But he did throw the ball 37 times. However, only completed 19 of those. Like you guys said, there were plenty of drops but I do see that he definitely did have some accuracy issues and times where he should have thrown the ball, but ran it and vice versa. Um, so overall, not the best game for him, but not the worst through for 245 yards and two touchdowns, but he did have two poor uh, interceptions regarding Ty Simpson. Um, like Clay said, I'm on the Ty Simpson train when it comes to uh, who should be the starter for next season. I think he didn't play that great either, but like Clay said, I think he was, he had developed more of a better IQ of the game and know when to stay in the pocket, know when to run. And when he did run, he had six attempts for 58 yards. That's excellent. That's really excellent, including a 45-yard run. Um, so overall, I think he had a solid game, and I think he definitely did better better than Milrow. And they did win the game, of course, um, which also helps. But overall, I would definitely say Ty Simpson had the edge just because of his mobility outside the pocket when he's known as more of a pocket passer while Milrow was more of a runner was just decent in the pocket. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's going to be a lot to to unpack before the season gets here. It's going to be the summer. It's going to be fall camp. You know, this quarterback battle is still open. And to be quite honest, to be completely honest, I liked how Dylan Lonergan looked. Dylan Lonergan looked pretty solid in the throws that he made, looked really comfortable. So I'm, I'm kind of see how he is. You know, I don't think he's going to beat out Milrow or Simpson. I'm not going that far at all. But in terms of that QB3, between him and Eli Holstein and uh, the other quarterback, I forgot his name, I apologize. But I think Lonergan is probably solidifying his spot as QB3. 
in terms of the depth chart. But that's enough quarterback talk. That was just my little doubt, but I want to start with and kind of get out of the way. Hunter, what was your main takeaway from Alabama's spring game? Hands down, and I mean hands down, this was the easiest takeaway like of any spring game I've ever been to was by far the defensive backs. Every single one of them was excellent. Kool-Aid was good. Hope was good. Malachi Moore was the best player on the field, offense or defense. Caleb Downs was excellent as a freshman. Arnold showed improvement. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else. Bryson Hubbard did well, or a little did well. Um, all these guys, it was just, obviously, there, like we said before, there was a bunch of drops by the wide receivers, but part of the inaccuracies and incompletions by those quarterbacks were caused by the DBs. Like I said before, Malachi Moore went above and beyond. He had three sacks. That's incredible for a DB. Like, obviously, he's going to kind of take over that star position that Branch played, but he's really excelled so far. No, absolutely. And Clay, I'll, I'll go ahead and just jump straight. Did you have, did you have something else, Hunter? No, that was it. I forgot to mention uh, Christian's story as well. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I agree that I'm really hopeful about the defensive backs, especially because we seem to have a lot of really talented guys uh, on both teams. I will say uh, the numbers, I think, may lie to you a little bit from that game. Uh, there were some throws that were picked off. Like, the Earl Little one was great coverage. That was insane. But the the Hail Mary, uh, the one that Milrow kind of rushed that got picked off by Story, I think we're still vulnerable on deep balls because they were there. And Milrow hit several. There were several that were dropped. And, you know, Ty Simpson hit a couple as well. Emmanuel Henderson got that one. I'm still worried about our, our long ball coverage. Um, that'll be interesting to see as we, especially we're going to have to play Texas pretty early uh, and what Quinn Ewers does. So I'm not ready to say that we've, we've solved our defensive back problems, but I am hopeful we have a lot of playmakers. What I what I took away that wasn't really, we didn't really excel at it is the running game. I, I told us in the last podcast that I was really looking forward to seeing formationally how Tommy Rees wanted to run the ball. And we didn't get to see it a lot just because, like uh, Hunter said, Milrow threw a lot. They, they really tried to seem like show the quarterbacks, you know, who's which one was better. But I will say I saw some action with guards pulling, some offensive line moving around that we haven't really seen in, in the last couple of years. And Justice Haynes looked phenomenal. And credit to Hunter, who's been on that, you know, all spring. So I really am encouraged by the running backs and the offensive line. And even though we saw some sacks in the game, I'm really hopeful that the rushing attack this season is going to be a lot more prominent, especially if we're uncertain about the quarterbacks. No, you're definitely fair about that. I think the the running game, it probably does leave a lot to be desired, at least from the spring game. But I think if anybody has suffered the most change, it's the offensive line and it's the running back room. Because I think even before, just even with Justice Haynes coming here and everybody know how talented he was, everybody felt like we're just going to be chasing Jason McCorlin. You know, kind of spearheading the running back room, and then Roy Dale and Jam Miller will be battling off our RB two. But now you have those three guys and Justice Haynes, and you still have Richard Young, who's not here yet, who's going to be here in the fall or for the summer for the camp. It's a lot of talent to kind of go through that running back room. And Elijah Pritchett at that left tackle spot did not look great. I'm, I'm going to be honest; like he he struggled a lot against you know those athletic edge rushers, whether it was more, whether it was somebody else. I think. They have to solve that left tackle, you know, spot sooner than later. Because as soon as they do that and they can kind of figure out where to put other guys on the line, that running attack is going to start taking better shape. But you can't do that without the proper protection. So I think it's going to be a really big deal. And to Hunter's point, 
there were so many defensive backs I did well. One person that caught my eye in terms of the defense, Antonio Kite. He, man, he he was doing some things out there. I like what I saw from Antonio Kite. I was really impressed with him. So it's a lot to look forward to with Alabama in terms of the spring game takeaways and you know what to look forward to with the summer and the fall. We you know, we'll we'll keep you updated in terms of players that may you know hit the portal. It's the last week of the portal. You know how players that you know evolve and get better over the summer heading into fall camp. There's gonna be a lot to kind of keep in mind. But if any, do you have anything else? Do we have anything else left in terms of football before we move over to the draft? Everybody's good. Yep. Awesome. Okay, that's that's fine with me. Now to the granddaddy of them all the nfl draft starting this thursday now just to make sure our fans know we were recording this on tuesday it will come out wednesday so again when this comes out it'll be the day before the draft clay we're gonna start with you we've talked about you know all the prospects we've talked about who we're looking forward to who may rise who may fall you know we've, we've seen some things in the news but nothing really dramatically or earth shattering what are your final thoughts before the big weekend? Well, just specifically for Alabama, I mean, I do think that we are going to see a pretty good draft as usual under Nick Saban. I think Bryce Young is probably going to go number one, which is really cool because we haven't had a quarterback yet go number one. And it's kind of fitting now that you know, we'll finally get our Heisman Trophy winning quarterback to, to go number one overall. I think we'll see probably four players go in the first round around that area for Alabama um, with Will Anderson falling young, Jameer Gibbs, um, and Brian Branch. He, he may fall, but I would, I would still say right now in round one. Um, but it's going to be – this is going to be a super interesting draft night. I don't know if we're only going to talk about Alabama here. But, I mean, like this could affect Will Anderson too. What happens in those first four or five picks? Because it seems like, you know – the draft hysteria is real where we get closer and closer and people want to make up these storylines that don't really exist, but we could see a lot of movement within those first couple of picks, which could affect where Bryce goes, where Will Anderson goes. So I'm really interested to see what their landing spots end up being. Clay, just out of curiosity, what is your NFL team? What what team are you a fan of? Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. So I know that's, Pretty basic, but that's probably the least of my fandom. But um, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan uh, at heart. No, the only reason I ask is because I think all of our teams are in contention for somebody from Bama. I know the Cowboys maybe could use a running back. You know, Zeke is gone. Tony Pollard's coming off an injury. So Jameer Gibbs may be in play. I've heard Brian Branch, you know, be in play for the Cowboys as well. I know I'm a fan of the Colts and we need a quarterback in the worst way. And I was kind of hoping that Bryce Young would miraculously slip to number four, but that's probably not going to happen. So it, that's that's all for, as far as that goes. But Hunter, you know, you can share your fandom as well. But what are your final thoughts in terms of the um, in terms of the big night? So kind of like how Clay said, there are four guys that are expected, or at least most likely, to be um, drafted in the fourth in the first round from Alabama. That being Bryce and Will, who are guarantees one hundred percent. There's no way they're not. And then you got Jameer Gibbs and Brian Branch. I think Bryce goes one uh, to the Panthers. I think that's almost a lock. He, um, I know he canceled all his visits, um, remaining visits, um, uh, last week or something like that. Will Anderson. Um, now this is kind of a tough spot because a lot of people have me either going to the Texans or the Cardinals. Did the Texans rely on Davis Mills for another year, or did they go with a quarterback like C.J. Shroud or maybe Anthony Richardson or even Will Levis? But 
I think they stick with um. I think they go with a quarterback with the number two pick, leading Will Anderson to go to the Cardinals to take over JJ Watt's spot, um, for sure. Um, regarding Branch and Gibbs, so Mason and I, we um, I mean, this is gonna come out a day after, but we just discussed um, who would you rather have, B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, and he took the Jameer Gibbs route, and I really wasn't sure. I kind of agreed with him, but I could see the pros and cons for each. But I have Bijan going 10 to the Eagles. And my original one, I had him going to the Cowboys, actually, at 26. But now I have Gibbs going to the Cowboys at 26. Because, obviously, I don't think the Cowboys necessarily need a running back. But they, they've they used a two-running back system for God knows how long now. And now that Zeke is gone, I think someone to pair with Pollard would work really well. Um, Regarding Branch, Branch is also kind of a wild card. He could either go 12th or he could go... 35th like I really <laughs> I I really don't know where he could go but I think he's definitely worthy of a first round pick he's a really good DB I don't think he's good enough really to play corner but I think that safety spot would work really well for him if an NFL team could use that star position that's where he would really shine um no pun intended <laughs> but um yeah uh, I I actually have him going to the Vikings at the 23 at 20 at 23rd yeah I think that would be a good spot for him I think I think the discourse with Jameer Gibbs and Brian Robinson. I mean, I, I, I was keep saying Brian Robinson, Bijan Robinson. Man, shout out to B Rob though. Congratulations <laughs> on a good on a good first year. But the thing, the funny thing about Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson is the fact that they're both honestly talented to go in the first round. And there are a number of reasons why people say don't draft the running back in the first round. So yes. Hunter, what are what about the idea of maybe both of those guys going? I understand that Bijan's not Bama. We're just supposed to focus on Bama, but with both of those guys being talked about as their RB one of this class, what about the idea of two running backs going in the first round of the draft? Yeah, so it's without a doubt that these are the top two running backs of the class, and there's definitely a gap in between two and three, but we don't really know who exactly that one is. So Bijan, um, like I mentioned in the and the extra point that'll come out um, in a little bit. Um, I kind of said that he's more of a power running back and just a pure runner. And we kind of, he's received um, comparisons to Saquon Barkley while um, Jameer Gibbs has received uh, comparisons to Alvin Kamara for his ability to be a receiver and catch the ball and run routes. So it really comes down to what scheme fits better. And I think every team in the league could use someone like that. Obviously, Almost every running back slot is full for most teams. Most RB1 slots are full, but I think both of those guys are definitely worthy of first-round picks as they bring a lot to their games. Absolutely. Now, before we wrap it up here, there is one question I do want to bring and see, you know, what did you guys, the possibility of it, I should say. If I remember correctly, you think it's 12 or 13 guys that are in the draft for Alabama this year? And yep. I asked, I asked another person on the beat this over the weekend at the spring game, I think the record for Alabama drafted is like 12. So Clay, I think the question is simple with not only the top end talent of the draft, you still have, you still have Jordan battle. You still have Kamla too. You still have DeMarco Hillams. You still have Tyler Steen. You still have DJ Dale, Emil Ekior, Byron Young. It's so many guys, you know, this year. And do you think that with all the guys that Alabama has this year, considering this draft, do you think that Alabama has a chance at tying or breaking the record for players from Alabama in one draft? 
I mean, definitely. All those guys are in the NFL draft and there's a chance that they could hear their name called. I mean, it, what's tough is that I'm not an NFL evaluator. I'm not in any of these war rooms. And if you listen to a lot of podcasts at all or people talk about this, it's really about what the team likes, what they need. So, I mean, if those Alabama guys fall into what they want, then then yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, the university and Nick Saban's program has a good reputation. Um, as far as some of those guys that I like, um, you know, it's it's hard to see some of them maybe becoming stars in the NFL, and you know that very few people do that. But I think Byron, whoever gets Byron Young, I think he could be a really good player. Uh, he really came on as a defensive tackle later. Um, Tyler Steen, you know, he looked pretty well his last year as well. There are some guys like I don't know how well Cam Watu is going to fit in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but you know, it, it, it's difficult to be a high level NFL tight end. So we may see some get drafted uh, pretty pretty in those early in those mid rounds and some have to wait till later. Um, the one thing I'll say, sorry to jump back. Um, I've heard a lot of recently about the Texans not drafting a quarterback at two, um, either trading out of that spot or taking um, Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson potentially, which would be incredible. And the reason I bring it up is that, you know, how cool would it be to see Bryce Young and Will Anderson go one, two in the NFL draft? So something to watch out for. And as a Colts fan, if that happens, that means that's one less spot that's uh, getting a quarterback before you. I'm an Anthony Richardson guy. I think I think if the Colts get Anthony Richardson, I'm going to be so excited because he was the same guy that developed Jalen Hurts, a Bama guy, Oklahoma guy and Philadelphia. Now he's in Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson is of the similar, you know, mode of like, you know, really athletic quarterback with a lot of raw potential, but still kind of rough around the edges. I think it would be a match made in heaven. But to not, you know, get all my soapbox about that, Hunter, same question to you. Against a lot of talent. And of course, we don't expect all the Bama guys to go in the first three rounds. I think a lot of them will be waiting until Saturday to hear their names called. But do you think it's a legitimate chance that they could, you know, tie or set the record? for most Alabama players drafted in, a, in any one draft? I think it's definitely possible. However, the big if here is where they get drafted. Like, obviously, we know guys are going to be – there's like four guys that will probably go day one, and maybe like a couple of those guys would be day two, but then there's probably like five others in day two. But then the rest are day three. So, obviously, there's a lot of talent to be spread around, but it goes a long way, all the way to the possible last pick of the draft. Now, in years past, when we've had, like, 10 guys drafted, a lot of them went the first three rounds, or first two rounds, even. So, I think this year, they could break the record, but I think it'll definitely be more of, like, more of, like, those, like, five or six guys being on day three, for sure. I think so, as well. I think that the, the guys we named up for, Anderson, Young, Branch and Gibbs, they'll definitely go on probably either day one or like the very beginning of day two. Honestly, honestly, Jordan Battle, I think he's going day two. The safety class isn't that great, and he's actually a really solid safety. I think he's gonna go. Helens may have a chance to sneak in there as well. The only players I the only players I really feel like that may not get drafted, maybe Tyler Steen. He didn't do that great this year. I feel I feel like the the offensive tackle class is pretty strong. Uh DJ Dale. I, th- I think he's going to be drafted too, but it's going to be it's going to be really interesting, like you said, for those the last five or so guys from that Alabama class to go this year. I think most of those guys are day three, like you said, Hunter. I do I do think some of them have the potential to sneak into day two, especially when you get into you know that four, five, six range is very tricky because of course the rounds one through three teams are addressing direct needs, things they need right now. They need to, but when you look at four through six. 
some of those guys are looking for just best players on the board or just the guys that can just add depth. And I think even though they may not be starters or at least day one starters, all those players could probably be death pieces. I'm, I can – Atina has Byron Young as their rotational defensive lineman would be great. DJ Dale, rotational lineman, great. You know, Jordan Battle, he, man, it's a lot of talent on this team. Henry, and we're forgetting Henry Toloto, which I think a lot of people are considering the top middle linebacker in the class, or at least definitely top three. I think he's up there. So he's probably going to be a solid day two guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how everybody falls. And starting with Thursday, Thursday, April 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is the day one. The draft of round one will take place. Rounds two and three will be Friday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then rounds four through seven will be Saturday, April 29th, starting at noon Eastern Time. And with that, that concludes today's episode with Clay Miller, Hunter the Cyber. I am Mason Smith, and I'm high.